I was thinking as Kathy was singing a couple of verses uh, that start the book of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets as many times, at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The Old Testament points to Jesus. And uh, if you want to get to know God, uh, I think it was Thomas that questioned Jesus about uh, show us the Father, and Jesus said, you've been with me all this time. Uh, if you've known me, you've known the Father. Uh, thou art God. And uh, we want to, uh, again this morning, as we've done the last while, uh, focus on uh, one of the Psalms. And uh, this morning, we're, we're looking at Psalm uh, 34. And uh, we've spent a couple of Sundays looking at uh, some lament psalms, and uh, I hope we've come to realize that lament is an acceptable form of being honest with God. It's part of being transparent, about being open, uh, as we deal with the challenges and storms of life. But the psalms don't only communicate lament, they also express praise. So this Sunday and next week, we want to look at a number of psalms that express praise. My hope is that you as a believer will be able to be honest and lament uh, the hard times, the difficulties, but that at some point you'll also uh, move forward and into praise as well. And so Psalm 34, great example. And uh, let's look at this, at this psalm this morning. Uh, this psalm breaks into three parts. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to call these three parts... Uh, one, brag about God. Two, experience with God. This is my experience with God. And three, discover God. Uh, so the first uh, three verses, verse 1 to 3, brag about God. Then experience God, verses 4 to 7. And discover God, verses 8 to the end. So what does the psalmist say? He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glory the Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It's interesting that David moves from expressing his own praise and thankfulness to inviting others to join him in this. What is he praising God for? Uh, praising God is actually proclaiming his worthiness in terms of his character, his attributes, and the wonderful deeds that he has done. David is clearly look, looking for ways to um, celebrate God, to praise God. He's ecstatic, he's thankful, and he's focused on God. Now, I was thinking about those emotions and those feelings, and what came to mind, and I don't know, some of you maybe can't remember that far back, but think about the day that you accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. Some people are downright giddy when they make that, uh, that transition, when they accept Jesus and they feel that relief of being saved and embraced and part of God's family, they're giddy, they can't help but share. Um, they're effusive in their expression of joy at what God has done in their life. And this is David's response to God. He's determined to praise God and he also wants others to join him. I've heard it said that when you take Christ out of Christian, all you're left with is Ian. Ian might be a nice guy, but he can't do anything for you. Maybe it's easy to call yourself a Christian, but what if you're more like Ian than Christ? 
Where does your credit go? Do you brag about your strengths? Do you brag about your achievements, your wealth, your intelligence, your titles, or your fill-in-the-blank? What do you brag about? Or do you brag about God? I think, as Kathy's saying, only God. Only God is sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, and ultimately only God deserves the credit. I think boasting is okay when you brag about God and about what He has done. Boasting and bragging is okay when you brag about God and what He has done. Secondly, David moves on. Uh, he's, a, he's bragging, he's boasting, he's praising God, he's inviting us to, to join him in that. But then he moves on to talk about the reason, the why he can boast about God. He follows his bragging session and his invitation with this explanation about why. Simply stated, he says, I sought, he answered, and he delivered. I called, he heard, and he acted. I, I mean, you call and he hears, but doesn't act, doesn't really help much. The progression is important. I call, he hears, and he acts. He responds. David's experience of God and God's faithfulness is his driving motivation for praise. And that's why David can praise God. So what does he say? Verses 4 to 7. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Notice again the progression here. I sought the Lord, he answered me, and he delivered me. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces are never covered with shame. When you count on something happening and it doesn't happen, then you're embarrassed. But that's not the case with God, because he calls on him, he answers This poor man called, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. And then he says, those who fear him, and by the way, here, fear again, as I've said before, is not not fear in the English sense of the word. It is more respect and honor and deference. It's recognizing God as God. Those who fear him, the angel of the Lord encamps around them. He delivers them. So you and I are able to look to God and he responds. To fear God is to reduce life to its essential core, accepting that we are completely dependent on God's grace. We are completely dependent on his gracious and undeserved mercy, and we can experience that mercy in the middle of trouble, because God is a good God. So where do you go when you're in trouble? Where do you go for help? Does your prayer life reflect a dependence on God? A recognition on Him as having first place? If you need an answer, try God. If you need a healer, try God. If you need a breakthrough, try God. There is nothing He can't handle. So, really it comes down to what is your perception of God's sovereignty, of his ability. Um, do, you, do you trust? Do you believe? Are you, are you convinced that God is able to handle anything that you're going through? Well, David uh, moves on in the final section, and this is the longest section in this psalm, 
verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 8 to the end of the chapter, the third section is discover God. And the word that he uses is taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So what David is saying is, based on my experience, I invite you to discover God for yourself. David is witnessing. Really, he's witnessing. You know, sharing experience, sharing a personal experience is much more valuable than just ideas and head knowledge. Uh, you can say, you can say um, I recommend to you licorice, blue licorice ice cream. I see everybody here is now just annoyed. Blue licorice ice cream. I recommend it to you. And then you ask me, have you ever tried it? And I go, not really, but it looks good. Well, that's not much of a recommendation. But if I would say to you, and those of you that know me, I would say blue licorice ice cream is just amazing. The only thing that would beat it is back in the day when I was a kid, we could also get black licorice ice cream. And that's even a step further. That is amazing stuff. I've experienced it. I'm salivating thinking about it, okay? So we talk, we talk about sharing experience. It's far better than just something that you know. And I know my wife will like this. Um, this is a joke, by the way. <laughs> I told her the other day that, you know, 30 years ago when we got married, I told you I loved you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. Well, that doesn't really fly. Uh, some of us are like that. I accepted the Lord 40 years ago and nothing has changed since then. That's not a great testimony. That raises questions about your walk with the Lord. Is it vibrant? Is it, is it personal? Is it ongoing? Um, enough said. So verse 8 to 20, uh, 22. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His holy people. For those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So here's the invitation. Taste, discover, sample. You know, this requires that you be confident in what you're offering, as I've said. Uh, I've tasted, so I know this is good stuff. And then he says, take refuge. That, that talks of protection, just like a hen kind of protects their chicks and they hide under their wings. Uh, we take refuge in God. And then we fear him, we respect and honor him. And that's the foundation of our security. And then the psalmist actually throws the ball in our court a little bit and he says, seek Seek the Lord. In other words, you have to do your part. Free will. God doesn't force himself on you. He invites. It's an invitation. So you and I have to actually step up and seek him. And then the psalmist says, come and listen. There's an invitation to learn. And as I've said, this isn't head knowledge. He's, he's sharing experience and he wants you to see that. And then he says, keep Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. When he talks about keeping, he's talking about self-control. And it seems, and probably you would mostly agree with me, that if you don't work at self-control, 
If you don't work at self-control, the default is usually negative. In other words, I have to learn to bridle my tongue. That's what he's saying here. Because if I don't, then usually I'm sorry for what I said. And maybe it's a little bit what Jen demonstrated with the pencils poking into the bag of water. Um, I actually have to keep, I have to work at self-control. Then he says, turn. There's a deliberate choice here. Turn away from evil. And then it's not just about not doing evil. He also says, and do good. So it's not just avoidance of evil. You actually take a step toward doing good. And finally, he says, seek peace, pursue it. So he says it twice. Seek and pursue peace. We are meant to be peacemakers. So I think what David is saying is that all of these, self-control, turning from evil, turning toward good, seeking peace, all of these together define in part what it means to fear God, what it means to honor God, what it means to do what God wants us to do. If you've read Ecclesiastes, and, and it's kind of a depressing book in some ways because vanity of vanities, all is vanity, there's nothing new under the sun, seems to be the predominant song in Ecclesiastes. But at the end, in chapter 12, verse 8, I think, anyway, the last chapter, he says, well, this is the conclusion of the whole thing, fear God and keep his commandments. In other words, honor God, he knows what he's talking about, do what he says, and things are going to go well with you. A caveat here, when he says, lack nothing or no good thing, this certainly doesn't mean that we will never be in want or never suffer pain or uncertainty. That's not the promise that's being made here. Blessing comes precisely from acknowledging our dependence on God, even in the midst of difficulties. He alone is our refuge and our strength. Then finally, in this section, he says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. And yes, you want it, so I'll give it to you. We're juxtaposing the positive from the negative here. You're welcome. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And you can recognize that that sounds like a messianic prophecy to Christ on the cross. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So here again, the Lord hears the cries of the righteous. And the psalmist says his Eyes and ears are attentive, and and this is figurative. We don't necessarily know if God has physical eyes or physical ears, but he certainly hears and sees everything. But he's he's attentive. He's not sleeping like the prophets of Baal or hiding under a rock or disinterested. And then he delivers us, he delivers the righteous from their troubles. Now, you need to recognize, and that word righteous appears a number of times here, the righteous does not mean the perfect. Because I'm guessing that there's no one in this room and nobody listening to me this morning that could actually raise their hand and say, yep, that's me, that describes me, I'm perfect. The term righteous here refers to devotion. In other words, those who are devoted to God, those who follow God, those who are devoted to God. We're not talking perfection, we're talking devotion. And God is close to those who are brokenhearted. And maybe some of you are feeling brokenhearted this morning. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. I hope that you're not crushed in spirit. 
But there are times when some of us are crushed in spirit. This is a whole new discussion, but I think that this psalm in some ways is a prototype of the Beatitudes. There are a lot of similarities here. God comes to those who rely on him for refuge, and even though they may be brokenhearted and crushed with many troubles, he redeems his servants. Those who take refuge in him will never be condemned. Those who call are calling on God, those who are called on to bless God are not those who are beyond pain and suffering, but in the midst of their troubles they experience the blessing of God. We're not beyond pain and suffering. But in the midst of their troubles, in the midst of our troubles, we can bless God. Well, there are many songs in Scripture um, about God's saving mercy. Uh, the song of Moses and Miriam right after uh, crossing the, the Red Sea, uh, Exodus 15. Uh, end of Deuteronomy, when Moses is about to die, he sings this song of praise to God. Uh, Deborah the judge... Um, in, in Judges chapter 5, uh, we have multiple songs, not only the Psalms, but multiple Psalms in Scripture praising God. So my question to you this morning is, where are you at? Can you boast about God and about what He's done in your life? Can you? Can you boast about God and what He's done in your life? Have you experienced God moving in and through you? Has He been your refuge? Do you continue to count on Him no matter what? And does your personal experience motivate you to encourage others to discover God? Remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the, the triumphal entry, and they, some of the crowds were trying to, some of the Pharisees were trying to quiet the kids and the people praising God, and Jesus said that if they were quiet, the stones would cry out. I, I wonder, is our experience of God something that, that at times bubbles up in excitement. When we reflect on how, God good, how good God has been to us, does that motivate us to share that with other people? Uh, do we invite others to come and discover and taste and see that God is good? This morning, I hope that you are going to be able to join me in praising God in recognizing His goodness. Now, I have one more assignment for you. I've posted on our Facebook uh, EFC Facebook page, uh, these three questions. Can you boast about God? Have you personally experienced God's deliverance? And do you encourage others to discover God? So um, sometime this week, if you want to uh, go on to our Facebook page and, and comment, put in your replies, maybe you will encourage someone else as well. 